Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Encounter Church, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you want more information about Encounter Church, please go to our website, encounterchurch.ag. Thanks again. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning once again. So I got that chair out and realized, who am I kidding? I'm not going to sit down. I can't do that. It's too weird, too weird. So uh, good morning. Uh, I'm Pastor Andy. You may be wondering, well, where's Pastor Chris? Uh, he's in Warrensburg this morning. Uh, surprise. He uh, decided to go over there and preach uh, there for the first time at our newly launched campus. So excited about that. Glad Luke could step in and play guitar for me. Once again, that was kind of a weird thing for me. You know, I'm not used to that, but it was good. It was good. Just a strong presence of the Lord this morning in worship. So uh, really glad that I could be a part of that. And it was nice just to receive for a change. So thank you, Luke, for stepping in and doing that for me. Um, if you're a first-time guest, um, there's this Connect card. should be in the seat back in front of you, uh, or you can do it online as well. Please take a moment, fill that out, um, t- turn it into the Connect point at the end of the service, and you can get a special gift from us uh, just, just as a thank you for checking us out. We're glad that you're here with us this morning. Come back next week. You'll hear much better preaching, I promise. So there's that. <laughs> so we are in uh, part two this morning of a series called All In. And uh, man, it's been good so far, right? Last, last week was just fantastic. Uh, but this series is called All In, and we're being challenged to be all in for Jesus. So what does that mean to be all in for Jesus? Well, that means that, that everything is on the table with God, right? Like we aren't holding anything back in our pursuit of relationship with him. You know, I think in life, it's, it's really easy to compartmentalize, isn't it? Like, we like to say to, to, to God, you know, God, I'll give you an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday morning, or I'll, you know, I'll throw a couple of bucks in the offering plate, or I'll serve, you know, once or twice a month on a serve team. But I'm not really ready, I'm not willing to commit to going all in and giving you all that I am. But how many of you know this morning that to follow after Jesus, we have to be willing to live our lives with open hands and an open heart. We have to be willing to be all in for Jesus because truth be told, Jesus was all in for us, right? When he died on the cross, he was all in for us. And he said of his followers in Matthew chapter 16 that if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And that, that's what it means this morning to be all in, that we as followers of Jesus aren't holding anything back. See, with Jesus, nothing should be off the table. That's what it means to be all in this morning. And last week, uh, I alluded to it earlier, but Pastor Chris just absolutely knocked it out of the park when he was talking about uh, listening to the voice of God. And we have to be able to take time to turn off all the noise and to tune in to what God is speaking into our lives through time spent alone with him in prayer and through his word. And you see this, like Jesus modeled this countless times in scripture. What, what does it say about Jesus? That Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and he prayed. And he, he got rid of all the noise and he spent time on his face before the Lord. And so if Jesus saw this as important, I think so should we as well. We have to be taking time to listen to his voice. So that was last week, and uh, this morning, uh, we're going to focus on another aspect of being all in. And here's our key text for this series from Deuteronomy, and Megan, if you want to go ahead and throw that up there. 
this morning. So this particular passage is called the Shema. Everybody say Shema. And uh, pastor stole my thunder last week because I was like, man, that's going to be really good. I could talk about the Shema, and he beat me to it. So I'm going to re-talk about the Shema this morning. Uh, the Shema is literally translated listen in the Hebrew language. That's what Shema means, listen. And uh, believe it or not, this is a prayer that the Israelites, they recite every single day, at least twice a day, once in the morning, and then also once at night when they go to sleep. It's a constant reminder to them of who God is and of their responsibility to love God with everything they are. So we're going we're gonna to read this from, from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5 this morning. And you, if you want to read along with me, that'd be great. It's up on the screen. And it goes like this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord alone. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. It's Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5 in the NLT. So looking at this passage of Scripture, does anybody see a common word here? All. Yeah, absolutely. All. All. Not just the part, but all your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength. So we're going to break these down real quick this morning. Um, all your heart. So, so what does this mean? Like what does it mean to love God, God with all of your heart? Like we know from a biological standpoint that our heart pumps blood to the rest of our body, right? But we know from a symbolic standpoint that our heart is the center of our emotions. That when we love God with all of our heart, that means that God becomes the source and the object of our desires, our affections, and our passions. That all of our adoration and all of our devotion is centered upon him. So that's all of our heart. What about the soul? See, our soul is the core of who we are. It's like our personality. It's our very center. It's our dreams. It's our ambitions. It's our life goals. It's, it's, it's literally what makes us who we are. It's, it's the real you. And you know, a lot of times we like to put on a mask in public when we're around people, right? We like to hide behind the mask. You know, that's, that's a COVID talk for you. But it's true. We all tend to hide behind a mask when we're in public. But our soul is like the real you. And God wants our identity at the core of who we are to be consumed with loving him so that our, our entire existence, our entire identity, like who we are at our core in our soul becomes wrapped up in who God is. So what about our strength? See, our strength goes beyond what's inside of us and it works its way out to action. See, it's not simply enough to just say, you love God, but you have to show it. And, and what does that look like? Well, our love for God can be expressed in a myriad of different ways. Would you guys agree with me on that? Like there are many ways to, to show love for God. And you know, that's going to be different for every person. But one of the biggest ways that we can demonstrate love for God is by loving one another, which, which we'll get to that in just a minute. So let's take a, a look at a few passages of this morning. Uh, that talk about God's love and our love for him. First John chapter 4, verses 19 says this, that we love because he first loved us. And if you go back just uh, a couple more passages, or a couple more verses, uh, we're going to look at 1 John chapter, seven, or chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. 
It says, Dear friends, let us continue to love for one another. For love comes from God. And I want you to, to kind of put a pin in that. Love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world that we might have eternal life through him. Now this is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love one another. No one has seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. I don't know there's a lot to chew on there this morning, but um, the main point that I want you to get, and this is my first point this morning, um, realization number one is that love is from God. Love is from God. So here we see in, this, in, this, in these two passages of Scripture some, some pretty eye-opening revelations about the origin of love, right? Like this passage just so clearly states that, that the idea of love was actually God's idea to begin with, right? Like he created it, and he loves us so much. He loves so much that, that he is literally defined by love. It says here, God is love. And I know I missed a passage of Scripture here, so if you want to throw that up there, Megan. It says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So we simply cannot separate God from his love. It's who he is, and it's what he, what he, what he does. He's literally defined by it. And if we look in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says that he fully demonstrated that love for us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And you know, I've heard it said many times before, and I'll say it just because it fits here, that, that Jesus, think about this, like this is how amazing the love of God is, that, that Jesus Christ died for us on the cross just for the chance that we would come into a relationship with him. Just for the chance. You, you think about that. Because not everybody's going to choose Jesus, Right? We want everybody to choose Jesus, but the reality of the fact is that not everybody's going to choose Jesus. Everybody's going to have that chance. And God loves us. God loved the world so much that he said, I'm going to die for this person just on the chance that I might be able to step into a relationship with them. That's, that's the love of God this morning. And it's, in, in my opinion, it's, it's beyond anything that I can personally understand and, 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 and wrap my brain around, that somebody would die for someone else just for the chance to have a relationship with them. But that's the love of God this morning. So that was my first point, is that love is from God. So point number two this morning, realization number two, love is a command so first point was love is from God. Second point, love is a command. So here's the big question this morning. What is love to you? Like, let's define that word a little bit this morning. So is, is love that, that feeling of affection towards someone else? You think it's, it's just that? Like, for example, I have a feeling of affection towards my wife and my two beautiful 
little girls. Like I love them from, emo from an emotional standpoint. Does anybody else remember like maybe junior high or even high school and you had that, that special someone? You know, I want you to think back, you know, if it's been a couple years, just think back to, think back to junior high, think back to high school. And you had that, that, that special someone, right? And, and you wrote all those love notes back and forth. Am I alone here? Like, is everybody else kind of, yeah, okay, so it wasn't just me. You, like, I was the king of love notes, okay? So I couldn't really verbalize what I wanted to say, but man, I could write a really good love note. It was really, really mushy. And, and you held hands like all, the, like all the time, like on the school bus, you're holding hands all the way until you got home. And you couldn't imagine being with anybody else, like literally forever, like ever, like for life. Like this was the one, right? But, you know, lo and behold, it didn't work out. Or maybe it did. Maybe you married your high school sweetheart. If, if so, that's, that's super cool. But for the majority of those relationships, they don't, they don't really last. Um, what about that brand new car, right? You just, you just picked up that brand new car from the lot, and it's got that brand new car smell. And what do you say about that brand new car? Man, I just love that, that new car. I just love that new car. That new car is amazing, right? Or how many of us can say that, that we love coffee and donuts? I love coffee and donuts. So Megan back there, she went to Chicago this morning, or not this morning, this, this last weekend because it was her birthday, for a donut tour. I mean, isn't that awesome? I'm like, I'm super jealous. You know, that's real love for donuts, for real. But I would do that, all right? How many of you would do that this morning? Go to Chicago for a, for a donut tour? That's fantastic. That's super cool. Or, you know, we say we love, say, the weekends, right? Because we get to sleep in, and it is not a glorious thing to be able to sleep in. So we just love our weekends. We love this. We love that. We, we attach our love to objects or, or different things. And we just casually throw that word out there, right? We just casually throw out the word love like it's, like it's no big deal. But love is, is a big deal. And see, I would say that love is more than a feeling. Love is an action. It's a choice. Like, love is preferring someone else's needs above your own. Now, there are emotions attached to that, right? Like, if you don't have emotion attached to love, then, then what is it? But it's more than just that emotion. You have to do something with it. Love is more than a feeling. Love is an action. True love is not experienced. It's expressed. True love is not experienced. It's, it's expressed. And here's a couple more passages of Scripture to you this morning. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. And this is Jesus speaking. Just as I have loved you, so you should love each other. Jesus here isn't commanding an emotion in our lives. Jesus, he, Jesus, is commanding an action. And so as I was putting this, this sermon together, I, I, I couldn't get this uh, song out of my head. And I looked it up. And uh, Reva McIntyre uh, uh, put it to a song, but actually it's credited with a person by the name of uh, Oscar uh, Hammerstein II. And, and Oscar was an American songwriter back in the early 1900s. And he co-wrote over 800 different songs. Most of them were like kind of jazz, of jazz origin. And uh, he's credited with this quote that I feel really encompassed the whole idea of love. 
and he writes this, and it's it's in the form of a like a lyric or a, or a chorus or something. And it says, "A bell is not a bell until you ring it. A song is not a song until you sing it. Love in your heart isn't put there to stay. Love isn't love until you give it away. Love isn't love until you give it away." And a couple more passages of scripture here for you. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God and live in a way that pleases him and love him and serve him with all your heart and soul. And 1 John chapter 4, verse 11 says this, dear, dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. And that's 1 John chapter 4, uh, verse 11 in the NLT. So I, I want to take attention to that, this particular passage of Scripture this morning. Uh, it says, Dear friends, since God loved us that much. So here's the question for you this morning. Just how much does God love us? Really, let's think about that for a minute. How much does God love us? Have you ever told someone man, I just love you to death. Like, Luke, I love you to death, man. You're awesome. I just love you to death. Well, guess what? When God said that to us, he really meant it, didn't he? Jesus loved us to death on a cross. That's how much God loves us, that he died for us and he paid the penalty for our sins. See, we were bought with a high price. We were bought with a high price. Jesus paid the ultimate price because he loved us. It says John 3, 16. Everybody knows it, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life, right? That's how much God loves us. And we were bought with a high price. You know, you know what that tells me this morning? That tells me you have value, like, we have so many people today, like, walking around thinking that they're worthless, thinking that, they, that, that nobody loves them, that they don't have any value, and yet Jesus gave himself to us and paid our debt because he first loved us, and he saw value in us. He saw value in redeeming us. That tells me this morning that, that he saw value in us, that he saw value in you this morning, and that, that you are worth something to God. You're not just a throwaway this morning. In fact, I'll tell you that you are worth everything to him. Literally everything. You have value this morning, and we were paid with a high price. We were bought with a high price. In his ministry, Jesus didn't see love as an option. When he was approached by the religious leaders about the greatest commandment, this was his response. And this is Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40. And here he's actually quoting almost directly from our, from our key text in, in Deuteronomy. And so the religious leaders of this day, of, their, of the day, they would have recognized this verse almost immediately. And, and this is what Jesus said. Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. 
So the entire law and all the demands, what does that mean? Well, that means that in Jesus' day, there were like 613 different rules and regulations and commandments that, that if you were of Jewish origin, you had to follow these to the T. Can you imagine trying to live your life by 613 different rules? That would be crazy. And so Jesus is simplifying all of that here, and he's, he's, he's saying this this morning, that it's really not that complicated. It's really not that complicated. What God is asking us to, what is God asking us to do? Love God, right? Love people. Love God, love people. Love God, right? Love people. You wash, you rinse, you repeat. You love God, you love people. Then you love God, right? And then you love people. Like it's really not that complicated. Love God, love people. And you know, that's our, that's our first point here, right? Uh, here at Encounter Church, you know, we, what, what, what is our, our mission, right? To love, reach, and empower, right? And that love is split off into two, that we love God first, and then we love people. So it's literally our identity. It's like the first point to our identity, this right here. And you know, I did, I did a little bit of study on, on this, especially this passage of Scripture, and you know, in, uh, and I'll go go into this real quick. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but um, if if you look into the Greek on on this particular passage of scripture, so so in Greek, you know, a lot of times you have one word in English, and it can mean like a gazillion different things in Greek, right? I don't I don't know why. That's just how it is. So so in Greek, you have many many different words for the word love. You have um, agape love, right? which is like an unconditional, godly kind of love. And then you have phileo love, which is like a brotherly love. You know, like, like you know, Luke, I phileo love you, man. You know, there, there's that kind of camaraderie, this, this phileo type love. And then there's eros, which is like a, a special kind of love between a husband and wife, right? So there's, there's at least three. There may be more. I don't know. Um, but those are the three off the top of my head. Um, so in this particular passage of Scripture... What do you think the word that Jesus uses is? Agape, right, agapeo. Um, and that's, that's not just for loving God, right? That he uses that same word when he's talking about loving people. So our responsibility is to return God's love back to him, but also to take the love that he's poured into us, that same agape love, and pour it into other people. There's an unconditional type godly love that, that we need to receive from God first and then take that love and love other people with. That's super, super cool, I think. I, I, I saw that last night and it's like, man, I need to hit on that because that's so, so good. You know, we're not, we're not loving people with just a phileo love, you know, with just a, oh, I think you're kind of cool. We're loving people with the love of God. And that, in my opinion, that makes all the difference. And here's uh, from 1 John chapter 4, verses 20. It says, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, this is strong. The strong words right here. He's a liar. Whoa. Wow. He's a liar. I didn't say it. God's word said it, right? Like, it's, it's harsh, right? 
But it's true. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. So brother, what does that mean? Well, it's not just your, you know, your, your physical brothers. I had to think about it last night because I'm one of 10. So, you know, I have a couple, I have a half brother and half sister. Uh, and then there's the three of us. And then my parents actually adopted five kids out of the foster care system, which is super cool. Like that's, I got a big heart for that because that's, you know, that's what my parents did. And um, so I actually have five other brothers and then there's, there's four sisters and then there's me. But, but the word brother here doesn't just mean your sibling. It literally means like anyone that you happen to be around. Like these two, these two commands, love God and love people, they're inseparable. Like you can't love God and hate somebody. Whoever the person may be, it doesn't matter. You know, if, if you know them, you can't hate them. If they're in your sphere of influence or if you're in your circle, then they're a brother and they're a sister, right? That's what, there's, that's what it's saying here. We cannot say I love God and then turn and hate another person. The Bible clearly says that that person is a liar. The love God, love people. They're inseparable. It's some pretty strong words this morning, but it's true. And here's my third point this morning. That love is without boundaries. Love is without boundaries. So if, if you look in the book of Ephesians... You'll see this passage of scripture that talks about Jesus being our peace. It says he is our peace. And that he, Jesus, broke down the dividing hostility between different people groups. And what the author of Ephesians is talking about there is obviously Jews and Gentiles, right? Because Jesus reconciled both people groups into one, right? So that's what he's talking about. He literally shatter, shattered the wall of hostility between the Jews and the Gentiles of that day. And, you know, in that day, you know, for a Jewish person to associate with a, a, a Gentile was just completely unheard of. Like, they were completely, they separated themselves. You know, they considered Gentiles unclean. You know, there was this whole social stigma attached to that particular people group. So let me kind of bring that into 2021 for you in today's language in today's language that's republicans and democrats ooh that's that's men and women right that's african americans and caucasians that's what that passage of scripture is talking about that love is without boundaries. Jesus literally broke down the dividing wall of hostility between people groups. And we should be seeing everyone as our brother and our sister. God's love is without boundaries. And you know, I've heard people say, well, I, I might have to love that person, but I don't have to like them, right? Or even just as far as to say, well, I can't stand that person. Or do you know what that person has done to me? Right? And maybe many of you here today, you've said that about a certain particular person. But the truth of God's word remains the same, and that is that love is without boundaries. After all, like we were straight up enemies of God. You guys understand that? That we were enemies of God, and yet God chose to love us. So, what should our response be to difficult or different people? As God has forgiven us much and loves us much, 
So we should love and forgive other people. Things people have done to us, it's literally a walk in the park compared to what we've done to God, and yet he loved us anyways. He loved us anyways. So like in light of, of eternity and what we've done to God, I mean, what people have done to us, it's like fractional compared to what we've done to God, and yet he chose to love us. And so our response is to love other people. 1 John chapter 4, verses 12, it says, 12b, uh, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. And then we, we see just a little bit farther on, and we're going to compare these two passages of Scripture real quickly this morning. Uh, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love, his love is brought to full expression in us. And then let's go just a couple of uh, scriptures past uh, verse 12. As we live in God, our love grows more perfect. Do you guys catch that this morning? That first passage of scripture is talking about God's love. And then just like five verses later, it's talking about our love. You know, the awesome thing about a relationship with God is that the closer that we get to God... And this is true with, with anybody, really. It's not just God, but um, it works for God. Uh, the closer that we get to God, the more like God we become. And you'll notice between these two passages of Scripture that his love, right, becomes our love. So do you, wanna, do you really want to love people like God loves them? Yes, that's a big yes for me, right? This is, what I'll tell, this is what I'll tell you this morning. If you really want to do that, then, then get closer to him and ask for his heart for people. Because we just read just a, just a little bit ago that love comes from God, and we take that love and we reciprocate it to other people. Get closer to God. Ask for his heart for people then you'll start to display love like it's shown in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you want to throw that up there, Megan. And this is what love looks like. Like we use this passage of Scripture for weddings and stuff because it's so, so good. And this, this is, if you want to know what love looks like, obviously look at Jesus and the cross, right? That's, that's real love. But look to this passage of Scripture, and this is what it says. Uh, Meredith, if you want to come on up wherever you are. Okay, thank you. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable, and it keeps no record of when it's been wronged. It's never glad about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. So if you want to know if you're a loving person, you know, first you need, to, you need to get close to God, right? Because then naturally the byproduct of that is I catch God's heart for people. But if you want a litmus test for where you stand with this whole love thing, put your name in this. Take out the word love and put your name in it. And then read that passage of scripture. And that's a good, that's a good litmus test, right? For am I really being loving? Am I really displaying love like God displays love? Andy is patient and kind. Andy is not jealous. 
or boastful or proud. Andy does not demand it. So you can just keep going, you know, keep going. Lamentations, and I'm about to wrap up here this morning. Lamentations uh, chapter 3, verses 22 and 23 says, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. So if, if we are to genuinely love as God loves, then we must learn to allow God to renew us each and every day, right? Talks about in Scripture about you know, not conforming to the pattern of this, boor, this world, but being renewed by the transformation of our minds. We've got to learn to allow God to renew us. And God's love for people never ends, and His mercies on us renew every day. And we have to catch God's heart for people by centering our lives daily around Him and His love for us. That's what we got to do. That's our responsibility. Get close to God. Catch his heart. Love him. And love people. It's that simple. That simple. So I don't know where you stand today. I really feel like there may be a couple different people groups here this morning. People group number one is you're good. Everything's good. Which, you know, that happens. You know, you're getting close to God. You're, you're loving God. You're loving people. There may be another people group here today that um, you really struggle with this whole value and worth thing. And the first thing that you struggle with is you struggle with knowing and allowing God to love you. Like some people just have such a, such a, a, a negative image on their, their own lives that they think, well, I can't, how can God even begin to love me? But you know, that doesn't change the, the truth of God's word, right? that God is love and he loves us. So if you need to respond to that and you need to come and, and you need to pray with somebody about that, please do that. And then there's another people group here today, I feel like, that you may be okay with God loving you, but man, you struggle so much with loving other people. Like maybe there's that one difficult person, you know, at work or whatever, you fill in the blank, whoever that person is. I'm sure that some of you already have that person in mind, right? Fill in the blank. Doesn't matter. But you really struggle with taking the love of God and reciprocating that agape love to that person. And I want you to respond today if that's you. And I want you to, to pray with a prayer partner, but also pray for that person. Because I think that's the best thing you can do is to pray for that person and allow God to change your heart about that person. And it doesn't matter what they do to you, what they continue to do for you. You know, there are people out there, ton, billions of people, that even though God loves them, they're not reciprocating that love back to God. And God loves them just the same. And our response is to do the same, right? So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask the prayer partners, however many prayer partners we have here this morning, to, to come up. And uh, we're just going to open up the altars. And um, if you need to come and respond, then come and respond this morning. And let's pray. And praise team, you can come on up too as I pray. God, we thank you so much this morning for your love. God, we thank you that you paid the ultimate price 
so that we could have access to you, God, that, that while we were still sinners, that while we were still separated from you, that while we were still enemies of you, that you still loved us anyways, and you made a way because your love is that good. And God, we just, we just respond to that love this morning. God, help us to, to respond to that love. God, help us to, to love you back, whatever that looks like, God, but also help us to then in return love people like you love them. God, and I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just direct us if we need to respond, to respond today. And we just love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.